was guilty with nothing to say, and they were coming to take me away, but then a voice from heaven was heard that said, let him go. in just a moment, Brother Moon's going to come and preach for us after this song, and again, he's been um, here before, and many of you know who he is, but if you haven't heard him, you'll be glad you came, and he was the uh, dean of the college, or basically ran the college, the president, I guess they don't officially call you the president when there's a pastor, I guess, but he ran the college down there where Brother Josh and Brother Brad attended, and uh, that's why he's going to be doing the charge today, because he had such an investment made such an impact in their life, we thought it would be so appropriate to have him, his wife, come up today and share and be a part of that service. And uh, so today as he comes, uh, he's on staff presently down there at Shawnee Baptist Church, and he's uh, busy in the work of the ministry. He's a man of God, and you're going to be glad you came today. We shall see Jesus
as thousands were fed. He touched the blind eyes, healed broken spirits. He moved with compassion while he raised up the dead. Once on a hillside, people were gathered, watching as Jesus was crucified. That didn't crank your motor. You may not have a motor in your car. Anyway, <laughs> well, what a joy. I, you know, I was just thinking there that last few minutes, then when Pastor hit that high note, I was about ready to shout. I thought Ricky would probably, Brother Ricky over here would probably run. Y'all don't know him, but uh, Brother Ricky uh, is from, uh, is it Clover, Cloverdale? Cloverdale, Indiana. You have to be from there or around there to know even where it's at. But anyway, uh, I thought you might run the aisles, brother. You were going to. You thought about it. Yeah, anyway. Well, it sure is great to see you. Man, I was just thinking. This is what I was thinking, preacher. You know, that people go to these churches. They, they, and they, a lot of people go there. And the, the, the 
the pulpit. There is no pulpit, okay, because preaching is not that important. But there is, but the singing is, and so they got, everybody's up here on front and have their worship leaders, which means they sing, well, sort of. And then it's all dark, it's dark lights, and they got all kind of stuff like that, and they got the musicians and stuff up here. And, and, and they come in, and they, they, uh, they tear the building down almost with all the rock music. That's all it really is. And, and then people leave there, and, and, and somebody tickled their, you know, gave them a little sermon. It tickled them a little bit and made them feel good. And that's church on Sunday morning. But so far, I don't know about you, but I've been excited. I mean, to, I mean that, what you heard, those two specials you heard, and the choir and the singing and the orchestra, that's real church, amen? And I think that's what we'll have when we get to heaven. We won't have a bunch of black lights. First of all, they won't have to be in the dark because I got news for you. And it's not, this is extra. Don't cost you anything extra. Do you know that Jesus is the light of heaven? And my Bible says he is the light. And therefore, heaven doesn't even need it. Here's the sad part, Brother Ricky. It doesn't even need the moon. I'm in trouble, all right? But it doesn't need the moon, doesn't need the sun, doesn't need the stars. You know why? Because they have Jesus in heaven. And the truth is, he's the light thereof. There is no darkness in heaven. You won't, they, won't, they won't be able to go up there and sing their songs in the dark so nobody can see what they look like. Brother, it's going to be light up there. And we're going to get to see what it's really like. I don't know why I said all this stuff except it was fun to say. Amen. I'm glad you're here. If you're glad you're here, say Amen. Now, let me say this. If you're visiting, I know there's a couple back here, young couple. God bless you. Great to see you here. I told them a while ago, look, don't determine whether you're coming back on what you hear this morning from me. <laughs> it, 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 it may empty the place. We may have, Pastor may have to put it back together. It may split the place. But anyway, here's the problem. Here's the thing. I mean, here's the good part. Come back next week. They need you next week for two reasons. One, you need to hear him preach. Here's a man of God. I said it last night. I'm going to say it in front of y'all. Here's one of America's best kept secrets right here. This church is one of America's best kept secrets. I'm telling you. Y'all are doing something special. And I, seriously, I tell, and Sheila can, can vouch for this. I tell people all over the place, I'm going to tell you a church that's doing something for God. I'm going to tell you a church that, that you ought to get to know about. And that's Community Baptist Temple in Akron. They are doing something for Jesus. And they got a great man of God. The staff is a little suspect. I've got to be honest with you. Well, okay, this side of the staff is real suspect. That's why they're put on this side and not this side, all right? They're suspect. But I'm telling you what, I'm telling you what, you have a great opportunity here. And don't miss it. So, uh, I think someone uh, came up, uh, the gentleman led the prayer this morning in the auditorium class, made that statement about what we have here. I'm going to tell you what you have here. You go to most churches, you don't even have a clue what you have to compare. You go there, and it's nothing like this. There ain't no place like this place, anywhere other place in the whole wide world. So thank God for this, and I'm glad to be here this morning. Thank you again, preacher, for the opportunity. Seriously, I mean this. I know I've told you already, but I consider it an honor to be in your pulpit and stand behind your pulpit and preach. And thank you for the privilege of coming. And all kidding aside, I do love these guys. I really do. And they're special guys. And I'm glad that I... I know, Ricky, you probably feel the same way. Brother Ricky was Brad's youth pastor, all right? You can't win them all. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Just take the good ones. and the, the, the gentleman next to you, is, thank God you got somebody next to you. But no, seriously, all kidding aside, thank God. These two guys, I really love them. I thank God for them, and I think they're great men. And I'm, I'm honored that I get to be a part of the ordination service. I really am honored tonight and this afternoon. They won't be honored when we get done asking them questions, but I'm going to be honored. Well, if you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Revelation chapter 4. 
Brad, that's in the, old, in the New Testament, not the Old. <laughs> Revelation chapter 4. We do need to get down to minutes. We've got to get out of here before 5 o'clock this afternoon, so we need to hurry. Seriously, Revelation chapter 4. Let's stand together if, out of respect for God's Word. and Stand with me if you're physically able. Obviously, if you're not, we totally understand. Revelation chapter 4. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in where? Heaven. Isn't that wonderful? A door was open in heaven. And John says this, And the first voice which I heard was as if it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in where? Heaven. And one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow. Round about the throne, sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads a crown of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders, thunderings, and uh, I'm sorry, thunderings, and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like in the crystal. In the midst of the throne, around about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about them. They were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, one liveth forever and ever, who lived forever and ever. And four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crown before his throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And let's pray. Father, we need you this morning. I need you. How my heart was stirred as the choir sang and, the, and then as the orchestra played with the congregational singing. And then, Lord, as the uh, special music this morning uh, and the congregational singing. Lord, my heart's been stirred this morning. Uh, Lord, the Sunday school lesson, I could leave right now and go home and have been totally blessed. And it's been an honor and a joy to be in church. But now, Lord, you've given us a time for the preaching of the word. And I don't take it lightly. You know I don't. And I sure need you this morning. I need you more than I've ever needed you. And I want to preach just for a few minutes about heaven and what a joy it is to know there's a heaven. So please empower me and fill me in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. One of my favorite passages in the Bible, and it's become that way over the last several years, is a passage found in Luke chapter 10. And uh, I've used it and referenced it uh, here, uh, preaching here before. But it says, and the 70 uh, returned again with joy. They'd been sent out by Jesus to go prepare before, for him to come for the harvest and so forth. And he said, they came with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give, give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And this morning, I want to share, if I may, just a few minutes. You, you ever feel like you're 
lost a little bit of your joy? Anybody ever like that? Anybody feel like they lost a little bit of joy? One person, two people, three, four, five, six, the teenagers. And, uh, and, and, and I'm not sure they know what joy is yet. I'm just teasing that. Boy, let's be honest. Everybody in this room, it sometimes feel like we lost a little bit of our joy. Sometimes we've lost the joy of our salvation. I preached about that last time I was here, how you can lose that joy of your salvation. But we've lost the joy of the Christian life sometimes. Sometimes we just lost the joy of being alive and living. But you know, God says that he wants our joy to be full. This summer, our pastor is preaching uh, on this. The theme of the summer has been a joy of summer. And he's, had, he's preaching every week on this thing of joy. That there's joy in a place, there's, and that, that place is heaven. And there's joy in a person, that person's Jesus Christ. And he's going through all the different things on this joy. And, and on the week of the joy in a place, he asked me if I would preach that that morning. And I took in the same message, I preached this, this message somewhat. It's altered a little bit for the, this morning. But a jo- how that there's joy in a, because of a place called heaven. And I want to tell you this morning, I know we go through tough times. Everybody in this room is having, it, not, is having a tough time. Everybody does. I mean, I have tough times. You have tough We all have tough times. There's times when we get discouraged. There's times when we go out and we go sowing in and nobody even wants to listen to us while we're out knocking on the doors. And there's times when we go out and we go to work and, and, and you know, on the way there, you know, first before you left, uh, you dropped your food and the dog ate it before you could get to it. And then your wife said something to you and it got you upset. And then you left and you got in the car and the thing wouldn't start with a flip. And then you got halfway there and the, you had a flat tire. And then you're late for work and you had to go in, the, in a late for work. And now because you're late, you got a half a point. And if you get nine points, they, 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 they fire you and you already have six because you've had so many flat tires. You might want to go see if you can invest in a set of tires. But anyway, whatever the case would be, you've been there. We've been there, Okay. Or you, went, you put on this morning, you got up, you put on your, your best suit, and, and, and lo and behold, you spilt something on it before you left, and you had to turn around and go back in and change clothes. Or like I did last Sunday, I made a blueberry pancakes with, with fresh blueberries, all right? And I went over there, and I sat at the table and had two of, see, one or, one, two of our grandkids, the granddaughters were there, and I made them blueberry uh, muffins. I made them for them, uh, pancakes and eggs, scrambled eggs and stuff, and and I sat down there, and I, had a, I did not have my suit on yet, but I did have a T-shirt on, white T-shirt on. And I took my fork, and I started to cut that blueberry uh, pancake. And when I hit that blueberry where it had gotten hot in the pan, it went ploosh all over my T-shirt. And I went, give me a break. First of all, I've probably ruined the T-shirt. And now I've got to go change. And, but I was, and then it hit me. Thank God I didn't already have my white shirt on. Or, a, or, my, or my shirt I was wearing today on. Thank God I didn't have a suit on. And it hit the suit and ruined it. T-shirt's cheaper to replace than a suit, in case you're wondering. <laughs> and so we all go through little difficulties, whether it's small things or we just found out we have cancer. We have one of the men in our church just found out he has cancer. And it's not a joyous thing. Some of you have gone through it. And you know, we all go through difficulties. And if we're not careful, we lose the joy. And this morning, I want to share with you just for the next few moments a few thoughts about this thing of the joy of heaven. There's a place called heaven. These 70 went out, and when they came back, what did Jesus say to them? Rejoice, your name's written in heaven. You can rejoice about all those stuff, but here's the key. 
You can always rejoice if you know you're going to heaven when you die. Ladies and gentlemen, we have something this morning that the world doesn't have. We have something this morning that, that a lot of people don't have. All, all these false religions and so on, they don't have what we have. We have joy because we know that when we die, we're going to heaven one day. And if you're sitting here this morning and you're not born again, you're not saved, you don't have that joy, but you can have that joy before you leave this building. And in this passage that I read a while ago in, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the fact of this wonderful, part of the wonderful place. He said, I am behold, John said, I, a door was open in heaven. Then he begins to explain, and if you go on over to the last part of Revelation, you find he begins to talk about the New Jerusalem, and he talks about a lot about heaven. But let me say, let me give you just three important statements this morning, and I'll move right along. Number one, let me say this. Heaven's a place of joy because of its reality. See, they have these reality shows that aren't really re- real, all right? And they call it reality. I never figured out why they call it reality when it's not reality. It's non-real. But I want to tell you something. There's a place where I'm going one day, either by the upper taker, which would be Jesus coming back and rapturing me, or the undertaker when, they, when, when, I, when I kick over and that's it, and they say, he's done, put him under the ground. I'm going to a place called heaven. And it's a real place. You notice I said, and after that I looked and behold, a door was open in heaven. It didn't say a door was open somewhere beyond the sunset out there. It said in heaven. And then later on he said this. He said, and immediately I was in the spirit. <clears throat> behold, a throne was set in heaven. And one sat on the throne. And he's talking about heaven. And when Jesus said, uh, rejoice your names is written in heaven. He's talking about a real place. I'm talking about a real, real place. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not something that we conjured up as preachers as we conjured up to try to make you feel good about life. Hebrews 9, 24 says, For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. It's a real place, for our conversation is in Heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile bodies, that we may be fashioned like unto the glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able to even to subdue all things unto him. Heaven is a wonderful place, and it is a real place. Heaven is a real place. It's a real place. It's been called sometimes paradise. When Jesus said to the, where the two thieves were there, and the one and said to him, uh, ask him about, remember me. And it says in, in Luke 23, 42 through 43, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily or truly I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me. Where? In paradise. 2 Corinthians 12, 2 through 4 says, I knew a man of Christ about 14 years ago. Paul said, Whether in the body I cannot tell, whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such as one caught up into the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Revelation 2, 7. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat in the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. I'm telling you, there's a place called heaven and it's real. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we can get discouraged. Sometimes you feel like, you know, your boss is ready to fire you. Your wife is ready to kick you out. That may be, need to happen in some cases, but you know what I'm saying. 
Here's the deal. We can have joy. And we can be joyful. Why? Because there's a place called heaven. That's why Jesus said to, to the disciples, or to the 70s sent out, he said, rejoice, your name is written in heaven. There is a place called heaven, and it's a real place, ladies and gentlemen. It's real. It's real. I know it's real. It's a real place. And today, this morning, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to know that it's a real place. And I know this, in that real place, there's some future events that are going to take place. I know if I read Revelation, this is, that I just read to you a few minutes ago, chapter 4, that he's talking about, and notice what he said. He said this. He said, and uh, four beasts, and each of them had each of them six wings about them. And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, holy Holy, holy. By the way, this is, I'm surmising here, hopefully not out of, out of context. Holy, holy, holy. I think he said holy is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Get all three of them, amen? They're all holy. But watch this. Is the Lord God Almighty, and notice this next statement, which was. Was is in what tense? Past. Which is. Is is in which, which tense? In which he says, and which is to come, future tense. You know what God's saying? God's saying past, present, and future. I'm going to tell you what, folks. I'm not in heaven yet, but there's folks that are. I'm not in heaven right now in the presence. I'm standing right here. But there's folks that are. And here's the key that's going right now. There's folks all around us that are going to heaven that have, that have trusted Christ. And, and the Bible says that the about God, it says, that blessing the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. Do you know what? It's got a blessing when somebody dies and goes to heaven, to God, that's saved. Blessed in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. And you know where they go when they die? They don't go into the ground. That's just their body. They go to heaven. That's why when I'm out so and I say, if you died today, you know for sure you would go to heaven. It's not something I made up or surmised. It's the Word of God because there's a place that's real called heaven. Now, by the way, in Revelation 21 and 22, there's going to be a new Jerusalem that comes down out of heaven. There's going to be the new Jerusalem. By the way, I'm going to be a, a resident house owner there one day. Anyway, mansion, really. New Jerusalem. Heaven's a real place. It's not some myth or made-up legend. Heaven is, reality, is a reality. It's real. So first of all, I want to say this. I think we can rejoice because there's a place called heaven and it's because of it, it's a reality. Number two, heaven is a place of joy because of its residence. Who lives there? Who dwells there? Let me say, first of all, God the Father dwells there. The passage I read you says this. There was one sitting on the throne. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And then I notice over here in verse number 10, and 4 and 20, it fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and crash their crown before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And some may say, well, that's Jesus. The only problem I have with that is I read chapter 5. And it says this in chapter 5, that there was a, no one could open the, this book. It was there. It says, I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I'm going to skip for sake of time. Verse 4, and I wept because no man was found worthy to open to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the, one of the elders said unto me, 
Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and the four elders, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. She so got the one on the throne, and you got the lamb. And it said, and when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fall down before the, fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, and they are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals there, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by, the, by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And ladies and gentlemen, it says in verse 12, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And that lamb was the Lord Jesus Christ. So number one, let me say, God the Father's in heaven. You, I read a while ago a passage when it said that Jesus would go to the Father in heaven. And let me say, God is in heaven right now. Second of all, let me say this, Jesus is not only, we say Jesus is here and he is and he never leaves us, but he left his Holy Spirit and I believe with all my heart it's the dwelling place of Jesus Christ. But he being full of the Holy Ghost looked steadfast in heaven and saw the glory of God in Jesus standing on the right hand of God and, I, and said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing, standing on the right hand of God. I used this illustration when I was here before, but uh, I, I want to use it again this morning real quickly. There was a man that uh, uh, a preacher that died and another gentleman was doing his funeral. And I just, I, you know, I, I never thought of it this way. I don't know why I hadn't. But he said, he said, now, folks, some of you are saying that this former pastor is looking down on us and he's, say, he's watching as we're doing his funeral this morning. He said, but I'm going to tell you something that I think's going on. I don't think he's watching any of us. He said, I think right now he's at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> just learning all he can and just honoring and adoring his Savior, Jesus Christ. He could care less what's going on here down at this funeral because when you get in the presence of Jesus, you don't care really less. You could care less about what's going on anywhere else in the whole wide world. All you worry about is what's happening right there, and that's the fact that you're at the feet of Jesus, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, our wonderful Savior. You know who dwells in heaven? Jesus does. You know who dwells in heaven? God does. You know who else dwells in heaven? The angels do. There's angels there. And when he came, cometh home, he called together his friends and saith unto them, This is the fellow. Now watch this. Rejoice with me, I have found my sheep which was lost. The lost sheep left the ninety-nine wilderness, went after the one, found it, came back rejoicing. He said, I say unto the likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Later on in that chapter, verse 9, he says of Luke 15, And when the, he, she had found it, the coin, the ten coins, lost one, swept, Tried to find it. She called her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found that peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. There's joy in the presence of the angels. I'm going to tell you who's up there. There's angels up there. Tell you who else is up there. Jesus is there. Let me tell you who else is up there. God's up there. Let me tell you who else is up there. Believers who have died and gone to heaven are up there. That's why I said there's joy in the presence of the angels. It's either God the Father rejoicing. It's either Jesus rejoicing, maybe both. And I believe it's those Christians who've been born again and gone to heaven. And they're rejoicing because of what's happened. Say, so why do you believe that? Because I've read Hebrews chapter 11 and 12. And in Hebrews chapter 11, it gives this long list of people that we call the Hall of Fame of Faith. And then he starts the next chapter and says... Behold, we're compassed about with a great cloud of 
witnesses. Let us run with patience the race that's set before us. So what's he talking about? He's talking about that great cloud of witnesses. He just listed them in chapter number 11. Now I believe with all my heart to that great cloud's looking down. And honestly, you can say what you want to say. I don't know how much they see, how much you don't see. But I know this, when somebody gets saved, somebody up there in heaven has himself an old-fashioned, hallelujah, shouting fit when somebody gets saved. You know, when you got saved, they went, well, glory. Woo! Somebody got excited. I'm not charismatic, but I do believe it's okay to get excited every once in a while. Here's the other Sunday, Dr. Williams, you mentioned him in your Sunday school class, ran around the aisle, ran around and said, come on, Ricky, go with me. I did not go with him. <laughs> Bless my heart, I sat right in my seat and didn't get up. But I was, had my hands raised, and I was shouting a little bit and having a good time. I'm going to tell you something, though. Here's the deal. Those believers have died and gone to heaven and are there. And you know what? They know what. By the way, he didn't say the angels were rejoicing, even though they may have been. But they don't know what it's like to be lost and get saved. But guess what? We know what it's like to be lost and get saved. And we can rejoice. By the way, if they're rejoicing because somebody gets saved, why in God's true name don't we rejoice when someone gets saved? Don't let it become whole humdrum. Oh, yeah. Somebody got saved. No, man, it ought to be, well, glory. Somebody done gone off and gotten saved. And a miracle took place. They got born again. They're on their way to heaven when they die. They'll never have to touch hell, not for one millisecond. Will they ever have to touch the hell? hell. They're going to heaven to be with Jesus. Well, glory. And that's where it ought to be. Unfortunately, it's not. Believers in the future are going to heaven. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house and many mansions. If we're not, so I told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and to receive you unto myself. That where I am, there may you be also. May I say this morning, I'm going to heaven one day. If I die today, if I die on this this platform this morning, don't worry about it. I'm going to heaven because one day I bowed my head and said Jesus would you forgive me save me and give me eternal life and I got born again I got saved I got saved I got redeemed I got saved I got redeemed and I'm going to heaven no matter what happens so I can have joy because there's a heaven amen and the reality of it and the residence of it I can go, I'm excited about heaven. I can have joy. Heaven's a place of joy because of its rewards. You know, one day we're going to have some rewards. Some of you have been sacrificing greatly. You've given. You've sacrificed. You've done without to try to help reach lost souls. May I say to you very kindly, God has seen every bit of it. Jesus has taken records of it. And he doesn't forget. He won't forget. And every time you gave... And you sacrificed for some missionary. Every time you gave to someone that was in need, Jesus said, if you're doing one, at least one of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. Pastors, you pastors, you fellows, Ricky and the rest of you here, go out and visit the hospitals. Jesus says he remembers when you go to the hospitals and visit. Some of you in this room, you go to the hospitals or you go to the, you go to the nursing homes and you preach at them. You go to the jail and you preach at a jail and you try to help people. May I say to you, Jesus brought all that up in his word and said, you know what? You did this to me. And when you've done it to the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me. It was as if you did it for Jesus. And may I say, Jesus likes it when you do stuff for him. And you know what he does? He rewards you. 
Don't worry. One day in heaven, we're going to get one. Somebody said, I want what I deserve. You'll get it in heaven. Don't worry. Judgment seat of Christ, you'll get everything you deserve. Don't worry about it. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. Blessed is the man in your temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Feed the flock for the pastures, uh, which is among you, and take the oversight there, but not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. I know, you not, I know you not the day which run and race run all, but one received prize, so runs you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the master is temperate in all things. Now they that do attain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And that's why Paul could say for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. May I say this very kindly to you this morning? Because I'm saved, I can rejoice and have, uh, and have great joy. My name's written in heaven. <laughs> None of that. If you're not saved this morning, your name's not written in heaven. That's sad. Listen to this. I saw the dead and small great stand before God. The books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. You know, those books were there to judge those who were lost. And they were judged out of the books. That's their, by their works. But they also brought out a book called the book of life. And they didn't say anything about the book of life, them being judged out of it. But I think it was there to prove to them, your name's not here. Name's not here. How do you get the name in the book of life? When you get saved, when you get born again, God writes your name down in the book of life. And nobody can erase it. I believe in eternal security. Once saved, always saved. However you want to term it. When you get saved, Jesus, they write your name down in the book of life. Right now, I don't know what page it's on, but it's on there. Ricky Moon. Saved. Lamb's book of life. May I say that you can get your name written there. Just like I did. If you get saved today, if you're here and you're not saved, to, I'm going to tell you what you ought to do. I'm going to start the invitation in just a minute. And when I start it in about 30 seconds to a minute, when I start it, you ought to get out of your seat and come down front and have somebody take the Bible. They'll have people, experts, to show you. Show you how you can be saved this morning. And get your name written in the Lamb Book of Life. And then you can have the joy of knowing you're going to heaven one day. You know, I've used this illustration, but I'll use it real quickly. When I had a heart attack in 2004, I was at the hospital, and I'll, I'll leave a lot of the details out other than say this. I was in the ER room and had been there for a little while, and I raised up on the bed. I don't know why I raised up. And I said, ma'am, I think I'm going to pass out. And I fell back on the bed. And the next thing I remember was hearing a male voice say, on the count of three, grab the sheets and raise him up. I could not open my eyes, but I could hear it. And they, I felt him raise me up. He said, slide the board on him. 
He said, now let him down. And I, I thought, Pastor, they let me down. And I felt that cold, hard board under my back. And I thought, here's what went through my mind. What, what did they put me on a board for? I don't have a broken back or a broken neck. What, what are they doing? Little did I know, they were fixing to start shocking me. Which ended up being 18 times, but they were fixing to start shocking me. He said, let him down. When he let, him, let me down, I thought, am I dying? That's the thought that came in my mind. Am I dying? And my next thought was this. Well, if I am, I know I'm saved. And I'm going to heaven. I know I'm saved. And then the next thought that hit my mind, and the last thought I remember until I woke up later on, everything's going to be all right. Sir, ma'am, listen to me this morning, all over this auditorium. If you were laying on that bed, and you just had a heart attack, and they were fixing to try to shock you back, would you know for sure you're going to heaven, or would you have some doubts? At that moment, it's not the time to say, well, I'm a pretty good person. There's no pretty good persons. Either you're saved or you're not. Either you're going to heaven or you're not. Ain't no backing up. Let's, let's back up. I'll, Brother Ricky, we'll back up. I'll take care of that now real quick. Ain't no backing up. You're either saved or you're not. And had the shocking not worked, I would have been all right because I would have gone to heaven. But would you? Would you, ma'am? Don't play games with your salvation. He said, rejoice. Your name is written in heaven. There's only one way you get it written there. That's when you get saved. Truly saved and born again. Our heads are bowed and eyes closed. No one looking around. No one looking.